I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. I'd like to take his his face off. Oh, no, not the beast! A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was hard. Hello and welcome back to the Cage Old Question, where we ask, is Nicolas Cage the greatest actor alive? I'm Artoon, and this is my wife-to-be, Christina. Hello. And on this show, we watch the entire film catalog of Nicolas Cage in chronological order, working our way through 40 years of cinema. As a disclaimer, this is a personal podcast not affiliated with any other third parties, and the opinions expressed herein are strictly our own. For today's episode, we are reviewing the 1993 film Deadfall. This is directed by Christopher Coppola, yes, Nicolas Cage's brother, and written by Christopher and Nick Vallelonga. If the name Nick Vallelonga sounds familiar, that is because it is. This is the Oscar award-winning writer of Green Book. And today, we are joined by a very special guest, Zach Job. Hello. Hello, hello. Zach, is, did you know that green book tidbit, Zach? I had no idea. Me I was either. shocked. Me <laughs> oh, that yeah. was shocking. That was shocking. We go deep Holy. on this pod. I you can there is a bit of a through line, I'd say, from Deadfall to Green Book, but we'll get we'll get there. Um oh. <laughs> <laughs> Zach's originally from Denver, Colorado, and is a Los Angeles based writer, actor, sketch and improv, and stand up comedian. He's a quintuple threat. Uh, he's the creator and co-host of the podcast, True Deception. Zach, a fellow podcaster, welcome to the pod. Thank you so much. I have welcome. been told I am quintuple threatening, so I appreciate that. <laughs> it's going in the bio. Zach, am I wrong in thinking that like maybe you tried to watch all the Nicolas Cage movies or you were going to and do a podcast about it or this was maybe in your horizon at some point? Yeah, so I had a friend hit me up uh, like last year, and he's like, hey, man, we want to do uh, a podcast where we watch all of the Nicolas Cage movies. And we did like four episodes. And uh, th- my friend is a lovely man, but not like a <laughs> I'm going to get things organized type of person. And I had to drive from mm. like North Hollywood to Santa Monica every time we sh- we recorded. And so it'd be like, you know, hours out of the day i was like hey can we like figure out how to do it so i can like you know you know stream in occasionally for this so it's not such a big deal Uh and at that point i think it was too much work for him and he just like we just now i just haven't heard back from him (laughs) about like that was the last text i sent to him about the podcast but we watched um the pig which pig that's pig right the oh yeah yeah we watched pig i loved pig that was great we watched uh vampires kiss um oh, classic yeah con air and then i think one other one and then that was it and we were not watching them in any order other than what we arbitrarily decided but so you had had seen deadfall or had not seen deadfall i had seen deadfall yeah like five years ago um it was it's because there was that there was a clip that went viral like five years ago and it's like nick cage freaking <laughs> out and like a lot of those uh-huh. clips are from deadfall and I was like, what is this movie? And so my friend and I decided to like track it down. We figured out it was Deadfall. And then he and I just like decided like we're going to have a movie night. We sat down and watched this movie. 
and I was taken aback by this film. I was yeah. I was aghast at it, this film. Yes. Uh, Christina can maybe speak on this a little bit. We've had a lot of films recently where it's like, kind of hasn't been like the quote-unquote freak-out cage. Like, they've just kind of been like pretty good films where he's kind of just like, being a normal guy with some ticks, but like nothing crazy. Like the last film we did was Red Rock West, and he's just kind of like a down on his luck guy in Wyoming. <laughs> like, and that's there's kind a, of it. There's a article by Scout Tafoya. Sorry, Scout nice. Tafoya. I'm so sorry to your name. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, on on the Roger Ebert website called "The Whole Parade on the Incomparable Career of Nicolas Cage," and and Scout divides Cage's work into three camps. One of them is aggressively normal guys in over their heads. And that's yes. a Red Rock West yes. character. Uh, fire-breathing lunatics and cameos for friends, which seems like it has mm. over overlaps yes. with fire-breathing with lunatics, fire-breathing. Yes. as we see mm-hmm. here. Well, speaking of fire-breathing lunatics... Well, well, before we get too far, I just want oh, to yes, say thank you so much, Zach, for being here on the podcast. So excited to have you here. Yeah. Um, do you have a celebrity lookalike that people ever compare you to for our listeners who haven't met you? Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for having me. Uh, I have struggled <laughs> with this one. I don't know if I do. One time a person told me I look like Rob Schneider, and I was like, no, thank you. We're not friends anymore. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I... I think there's like there's like a couple of character actors I look like, but I literally don't know their names. So I guess I'm curious. Do either of you think I have a celebrity hmm. look like? Because oh, I've I'm been so, struggling with this. I'm I'm bad. I'm with so those. bad at it. I, that's why I always ask people like like who have they heard people call them before? Who are the what are the characters that you've for those character actors that you don't know the name of? Oh, um, there was like, there was a guy, cause so I have like, uh, short curly, like ringlet hair. My hair just sort of curls into little ringlets. So there are a couple that actors. Nat- that's natural. That's natural. This just that's like natural. happens when that's I awesome. shower, like right yeah. now, this is like <laughs> bed hair, but like when I shower, uh-huh. it just like curls up and then I have these little ringlets hanging around my head. Um, awesome. so I got Corbin blue for a while from, from, uh, Ooh. high school musical, because uh, we tell have me why I thought you were hair. gonna say like one of the kids from like Rocket Kids is that that little skateboarding cartoon uh, show? Yes, I don't think I saw Rocket Kids. Okay, it's Rocket right. Power, it's not Rocket Kids. Rocket, Rocket Power. Power, Rocket Power. Okay, Rocket Power. Check out Rocket you Power. Me, you do give me Rocket Power energy. Like you could skateboard, play. Uh, you could definitely some be a, a character on Rocket Power. Yeah, I like it's that. It's an animated but... cartoon. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, but that's the. <laughs> Yeah, no, real life, I'd have no general, like, athletic skill set. So I like that. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. In animation, you can be whatever you want. Or Mm -hmm. in real life, if you're Nicolas Cage, you can be whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And that takes us to Deadfall. Uh, Here's a spoiler-free plot uh, before we get into it. Now, there is a a tiny bit of a spoiler here, but that's just the opening of the movie. When Joe, played by Michael Bing, loses his father, James Coburn, in a sting operation... He has no choice but to go meet his uncle Lou, also James Coburn, <laughs> in Hollywood. Along the way, he meets all kinds of characters, including femme fatales, pool sharks, but none of them hold a candle to Lou's right-hand man, Eddie, <laughs> played by the one and only Nicolas Cage. Also, this cast is stacked. We have Peter Fonda, Talia Shire, Charlie Sheen, Sarah Trigger. I mean... It's a who's who 
And you've never heard of this film before, probably, uh, unless you've I get, happened to watch like a freak out video and been like, what is that crazy movie that Nicolas Cage is in? Because in this, not that he's unrecognizable, but when you first see him, he has on a wig that looks so absolutely insane where he it, it looks like a John Lennon hair almost. Um, he's got huge sunglasses and a horrible mustache. <laughs> There's so much I want to get. I want to get into such detail about his outfit because I honestly I love the fit. I don't know about the overall <laughs> vibe, but the way that you described the film and thank you. I feel like you did a good job doing a spoiler-free plot. Uh, so that's awesome for me. Um, but uh, Kevin Thomas wrote for the Los Angeles Times, and I'm just gonna. Is it okay if I read it to you because I think it's everywhere it. so it. spot on. Go for it. He said, Deadfall is <laughs> Deadfall, a hopelessly callow, leaden-paced attempt at film noir, is of interest only because it was directed and co-written by Francis Coppola's nephew, Christopher, and because it has a far more stellar cast than is usual for low-budget B-pictures. An overly bland Michael Bean, his soundtrack narration in particular, is as flat as the material he's been given to read, stars as a young con man. Damn. I mean, I think I, he's right. I mean, every word is, word is right. correct. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin. Yes. Kevin, we, we're Kevin gonna, exactly right. Yes. We're going to be moving into spoilers. So if you're interested in watching this movie, which I would say go watch it before you listen in, if you're, if you're at all interested, this movie is next level. Um, give it yeah, a watch. I told, I told our sponsor, Marcus Hunter, to check it out because we, we share a love for the show uh, Adventure Time. And there's a character, root beer guy, who does like film noir style stuff. Are you a fan? Are you a fan, yeah, Zach? I do. I got a, oh, I got a yeah. Ice okay. King toy just off screen. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Love, I carry a big love to yeah. Oh, my God. That's Simon. awesome. Well, I was saying to Marcus that this, this was like if root beer guy had no charm. Yeah. A hundred percent. He is so wood. I remember the first time I watched this movie, I remember leaving it being like, that is the most boring lead character I've ever seen. He's just like, dude, yeah, I guess I'm here now and I'm doing this. I guess I'm handsome now and I'm doing like all of his voiceover is so flat. Like he's dude, like, it sounds like he's reading ingredients. Yes. Even ingredients can be more interesting. It's, <laughs> It's also because it seems like no emotion goes like fr from one scene to the next. Like it's like we start from a blank slate, like nothing, nothing previous matters. Um, and that's kind of the emotion he brings to everything. But Zach, I want to ask, what are your overall thoughts on Deadfall? What are, how do you feel about this uh, film? I feel, so I have a couple of things I feel about this movie. I feel like this movie is generally the most boring film I would recommend anyone to watch because all of the scenes <laughs> with Nicolas Cage are incredible. And I've seen this movie twice and mm. watching it again, I was like, every time he popped on screen, I'm like, what's he going to do? <laughs> like, it, I'm so taken <laughs> aback. It, um, it truly is because, yeah. That's awesome. Keep, keep, keep that was a great going. description. Yeah. The yeah. most boring movie I'd ever recommend someone yeah. see. That's fantastic. I, I would also say... This movie kind of feels like if you made Goodfellas and then one of the actors was a Muppet and they never address why one of the characters <laughs> is a Muppet. So like every time the Muppet walks in the room, it's like, and it's running around and everyone's just like, hey, yeah, Vinny's a weird guy. And then they just continue on as normal. That's how this movie feels like to me. 
Yes. Do you know, does anyone know what Nicolas Cage's first line in this? And I can give a hint that maybe Christina will pick up on. I actually do think I know. I think I wrote it down. I think the first thing he says is pick a card. And then when he says no, he says, that's not very sociable. Yes. yes. <laughs> this is how I this is how I introduced uh, myself to people freshman year of college. I went around my dorm room and said to people, hi, my name is Artun. Uh, pick a card if you want to see a magic trick. I'm a magician. It wasn't the most uh, cool way I'd say to start out my freshman year. But people year. loved you. People were they, they were here for it. And I don't think you followed it up if they said no with that's not very sociable of you. I definitely did not say that's not very sociable. I think I, if they said no, I was like, damn, <laughs> tough crowd. Um, I loved – the other thing I loved about Nick Cage's intro is that then he follows it up with being like, high card, I tell you who I am. Low card, I tell you who you are. Which, Zach, I don't know if you play any Animal Crossing on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I have not, but I'm I'm a fan in theory. I know a lot about it from just hearing people talk about it. I, I love that. I love that. Um, I've played over a thousand hours, and so <laughs> I'm really experienced in what can happen in that game. And part of it is your little villagers can come into your house and they want to play a card game with you, and they want to play hard, high card, low card. So I was just like right at home right away with Nicolas Cage. I was yeah. like this is a very normal introduction. It's going great, but it is off-putting uh definitely his appearance in that outrageous wig. Um yes. and crazy crazy mustache and he's got a fake nose. He's got a prosthetic tipping up his nose. So that's crazy. It's a green linen suit with a skinny belt, which is unusual <laughs> for him, and like a vacation shirt. I was like and then he's got these huge gold rings huge i the drip was on for me from the <laughs> neck down yeah i will say it, for those of you who have not seen the movie and i do highly recommend it it he his voice is also like uh i don't know if anyone knows if you guys know tony clifton the andy kaufman character uh tony clifton is like this ostentatious like lounge singer guy who's just like a real jerk nick cage feels like he's doing like tony clifton if Tony Clifton had taken like a bunch of downers and was just about to fall asleep. <laughs> Cause the whole time he's just like, you want a card? I'll get you a card. Like he doesn't open his mouth to say most of his lines. No, it's one. It was of... also, I, I felt like the accent was all over the place. I Absolutely. was like, yeah, the, the, something we found with, with our, our good dear boy, Nick is that, his accents, his accent work is never, I would say, technically strong. No, never <laughs> technically strong. I wrote but, down, he always starts with a stronger accent than he keeps. Yes, <laughs> but I will say it's, even though it's technically not strong, I still think he uses it for a f full effect. Um, like, <laughs> he just says everything's so ins insane. Like, not even... Here's the thing, right? This is where this is what I wish I could tell both myself and other actors, where it's like sometimes if you have one word, say it's fuck, what can you do with it? Nicolas Cage can do a lot because when he finds out in the club from not the baby, but baby, um, uh, that Joe has kind of conned him by like it, the the here's also 
the reason I'm struggling so here, convoluted. The plot in this is so absolutely convoluted. Like after the that spoiler free plot, the amount of cons that are happening here, it's almost like a parody. Like it feels like an episode of Rick and Morty where they're like, mm-hmm. the con is actually the con within the con with the con man. Uh with how many like fake deaths and and switcheroos there are and who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. Yeah. I will say, to say about a third oh, of yeah. my notes. Sorry, sorry. I was just going to say about a third of my notes are just asking questions about the cons. Like why is this happen? Why did that happen? What is the point of this? There's so many cons. Well, well here's here's what it is. It's so he is working with his father as a con man who he they apparently run cons all the time. That's Wait, Arjun, did you have a like a like a oh, short my little punchline to about... that? Because I want to talk about the Nicolas Oh Nicholas Cage's Nicholas Cage's fuck. He finds out that the money goes No and no, then he no. goes Oh yeah Fuck and like turns oh, around he wrote. grabs someone's water like a snake from a table <laughs> And you're not sure, is he going to chug it? Is he going he's to moving so toss slow. He's moving so slow. And then he quickly, again, I, I can only think of a cobra as, as the description <laughs> of this. After he's coiled back, he splashes it in someone's face and he goes, ah! Well, he was yelling. He was like, are you staring at me? What are you staring at me? <laughs> after after he, was, he locks eyes with the guy, stares him down until he's staring back. And then he's like, yeah. That was a crazy scene. It's a crazy scene. It felt scene. like it also, scary. like... Like, he did not tell anyone he was going to do that. It's like the, they were like, action, no. and he just started doing stuff, which feels very on-brand mm-hmm. for Nick Cage. But I was just like, I wonder if that, like, extra or whatever was just like, what the hell just happened, <laughs> you know? I wonder how yeah. much yeah. people knew he was going to do. that was choreographed. Yeah. Because that's the thing is that sometimes he is very choreographed, so you hope that he mm-hmm. would include others. But I, I am frightened by the idea that that was a... <laughs> On the fly. If hit. I'm an extra and I'm doing a scene with Nicolas Cage and he throws some water in my face, that's tight. That's you're a little mm-hmm. simp, Artoon. You're not <laughs> the average professional just trying to get a job done in 1993. Okay. Wait, I want to say that Nicolas Cage is one of one of my favorite times where his voice came out strong for me is when he hugs Diane in the convertible and he goes. Mommy, mommy, we go home soon. We go home. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. You could say that to me, Artoon, at the end of the night. Oh, my God. Go and, <laughs> <laughs> and I liked when he was like, he's mincemeat after he had lured uh, Joe into the plot with Baby. Yeah, but he wasn't mincemeat. I want to, no, I want to, as an exercise, try this with you guys. <laughs> and please feel free to fill in the blanks. I'm going to try to get through what this act- what the whole big con was here. Mm-hmm. All right? And I need you guys to fill in the gaps to correct me if I go wrong. How, f- how I'm going to give you like 30 seconds, 20 I'll seconds to do it. I'll need minimum two minutes for this. You with- get 30 seconds. Let's, Ready, okay. set, go. <laughs> okay. So he, he and his dad are con men, and they're going to uh, trick someone out of money by pretending that the police are raiding their meetup. And the police are all con men. None of them are they actual They set up police. a drug a drug sting yes. in order to get the guy's money. And to do this, he pretend shoots a couple of people, including his father. Uh-oh, his father is actually dead. So Blanks he, were real bullets. Blanks were like real Alec bullets. Baldwin. On rust. Too soon. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. We then go to a locker where it says, my uncle, your, 
your uncle, my brother, Lou, has a bunch of diamonds that are mine, and I need $2 million kind of is in there. Go and figure it out. Basically. Like, it's like none of this is implied, is said, but it's kind of implied. Oh, is so that he, what he's – because I thought he just says, like, get the cake, and he doesn't know what the well, Maybe he doesn't know yeah, what he it is. To figure out what I don't know if the is. diamonds came up that soon. Okay, so he doesn't yeah. know the diamonds yet. He goes, he starts working for Lou. He's like, you're my uncle. He's like, you're my nephew. But in his way is the right-hand man, Eddie. So he has to con Eddie out by being the better right-hand man. And he does so with the baby plot. And also by taking his woman. That's right. That's right. Eddie's woman (laughs) is taken by Joe, who has no sex appeal, but she's like, I'm, I'm, you're unresistible to me. Uh, we unresistible, then, uh, <laughs> simply unresistible. <laughs> we then get him it's as the right hand man. Artoon. Irresistible. We then <laughs> lose. Like you're my right hand man. I have a big job for you. You got to go talk to a pool shark, and he has a diamond guy that if you lose to him, he'll send you to by selling your watch. The diamond guy is Peter Fonda with a, with a crab hand, which we'll get to in a second. Snippers. And he goes snippers, and we we then find out that the diamonds are real and they're good for a money drop for $2 million and they do it. And then there's a turn. Guess what? No, His I think, father I think is there's alive. Only, there's only one real diamond. So they oh, go, I see. they get him in the door. They get the foot. Oh, excuse me. They get the foot in the door with one real diamond. And then they pretend that they have a case full of diamonds yes. to sell for the 200 million. Yes. I think that's. That's the, what happens. Yeah. Because yeah. then. Is it, yeah, Zach, it's just a big. It's just a big redo of the con of, of another trade off, another trade off, and another uh, government bust. Con. Yeah, and then it turns out his father's alive, and he orchestrated the whole thing because it would have been too much to just run this to just tell your son, "Hey, we got to go to your uncle and steal some stuff." You have to believe I'm dead, and it's too much for Joe. So what he does to get revenge on his father, he turns the merry go round on. He yells at him a little bit, and then he leaves. End of movie. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I like few, what Kevin. <laughs> few things yes, to add note in to that. whatever I've missed. Yes, one of the most important crucial parts of this plan is that he has to get his son to be so traumatized by the murder of his father that he just <laughs> happens to hesitate to not shoot his uncle, so that his uncle gets shot in real life. An assumption that is so wild to assume. A lot of people, when they make a mistake, go out of their way to fix the mistake. But his dad knows that if he makes a mistake, he's just going to be like, and then his uncle's going to get a shot for real. Also, Mm. for some reason, a big part of the plan is having the, the, you know, because it's like a noir supposed to be. It's like the femme fatale dress up like his mom. And show up to the grave site and then dress up like his mom and show up at the end of the movie. And you're like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what was she doing there? For Why does what? she need to be his mom? Truly for what? Wow. Actually, Zach, you bring up a great point, And I think it does make sense. He, this father is trying to psychologically torture his son to be able to ensure he doesn't shoot the uncle. And... I guess that's why he has to pretend die in the beginning instead of just telling his son, let's go do this con. And the, the, the dressing up as the mom is the final layer of psychological torture for him. <laughs> that's a bad guy. And then she's, she's like, I really love him. And I'm like, what do you love about this guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like, a huge part of the movie they never address. Dude. 
Why yes. did they fall in love? She's... Nothing happened. <laughs> they have what must be, outside of the room, the most horrible sex scene I've seen on film in my life. Yeah. Too much, too little, and too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I felt in general when Nicolas Cage, Peter Fonda, um, Charlie Sheen were not on screen, I'd say those three are the ones who are catapulting this movie into a watchable thing. It feels like you're watching The Room. Like, there's something about the lighting. I think that was very generous to Peter Fonda, but okay. I guess it's, I'm enamored by that claw hand. Like, <laughs> it feels like we're suddenly watching Power Rangers, and it's like, it's so crazy. Um, what Am I am I saying this wrong? He has, a, he has like, scissor hands. Like, yeah. he has, like, a claw hand, right? Yeah. So Peter Fonda is actually <laughs> just a boring extra character. He's one of the con men who works with the dad. He's the one who meets Is he not Clawman? The, he's not Clawman. Clawman's a different guy. So I agree. Clawman's Thank you, way Zach. more oh interesting than Peter Fonda's character. Peter oh Fonda is so I... flat. Damn. Yeah. Oh well, excuse Lord. me for being wrong. Whoa. But that Thanks, said, Thank you, no Zach. problem. But like that said, when because I've again I've seen this movie before and I watched it again <laughs> and there was a claw man. I had completely forgotten there was a claw man. I was like, why does this guy have a claw? What does it have to do with the rest of the movie? Is this sci-fi now? <laughs> Nothing. Doesn't come up, That's... doesn't in any way affect the film. <laughs> Not at all. It's so shocking. It's so shocking because there's also like some sort of test that uh Joe has to pass where he's like shake my claw hand <laughs> and it's like is he gonna snip yeah. his hand off and then he doesn't yeah. and he goes like did you think i was gonna snip your he goes hand how off? did you know <laughs> i wouldn't snip your hand or whatever and he goes i didn't or whatever and he's like ah, ah, ah. like it's so weird <laughs> it's like, yeah it's this is this is the part that also like feels like so insane in terms of the con itself like how how things have to work out he has yeah. to Go to a – this is like within that pool scene. He has to go to this billiards room in oh, North yes. Hollywood. North Hollywood billiards. Mind you, North Hollywood got a lot of love in this movie. We got circus. I was going to say, I'm usually – when we have like a New York movie, I'm bitching and moaning about like, oh, New York, the extra character. I loved North Hollywood being the yeah. extra character in this movie. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, you're a North Hollywood guy if I'm not mistaken. I'm in North Hollywood right there. I was like, this is my home. This is what it's like to live in North Hollywood. Yes. Claw-handed men. Oh, my God. Charlie Sheen monologues. (laughs) All of it. (laughs) Did you recognize the clown streetlight from Circus Liquor? That's literally up the street. I drive by it every day that I go to my gym. Hell yeah. So every time I see it in a movie, I'm like, I know that place. I bought Airhead Sour Beer there once. Weird. Oh, my God. Weird product that shouldn't exist. It was awesome. That sounds awesome. Are you it, me? <laughs> honestly, they just took like a malt liquor and they put airheads in it. Is how it felt like. They just put the syrup oh, in there, oh, and I was like, yeah. "This is gross." I was like, "I, I like should not have done that." But great taco oh, stand in there. So, mm. oh yeah, right outside. Mm-hmm. Oh, good stuff. Pablitos awesome. tacos. Yeah. But uh, you you were getting into our other our other like, bedazzled uh, character. Our other bedazzled Charlie, character, Charlie Sheen with the will... silver pinky nail. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So let me get this grift correct. Yeah. There's yeah, so yeah, many yeah. grifts. There's so many grifts. There's so many grifts. <laughs> you got to go. This one is with 
We haven't even talked about the Talia player. Shire grift, which we'll get to I in know, a second. I know, so don't, you can't mm-hmm. hop around. You but gotta commit to, commit to the grift, Artoon. You, you, you go to a billiards room, and you just put some money down on a billiards table, and it's $1,000 per point. The grift here is that Charlie Sheen's character is going to see this and be like, hmm, a real player. I'll play you for $1,000 a point. At which case, you're going to lose 25 to 1, and it seems it would have been 25 to 0, except some guy sneezed and Charlie Sheen was like, I will murder you. Um, and he's like, you owe me $25,000. And he's then like, I will give you my watch. And they know for sure that Clawman is behind a secret door that his bodyguards are going to take him to. And that's how he's going to get his diamonds appraised. This is so, con- so many things can go wrong here. Well, Charlie Sheen is the mark. He's not just some rando. No, I know he's not just some rando. Okay, but I'm like because he's he clearly he has his whole table. He he the whole setup. They've scoured him out. Charlie Sheen's in his like like red snakeskin tuxedo jacket with his silver pinky (laughs) and his like hand wraps. And then when once he sees the money on the table, he's like, all right, let's play. And he goes, sausage, set the table. And then his little right-hand man sausage like pulls the drapery off the special billiards table for them to play on. That was outrageous. It was incredible. I will say, so one thing I want to know is at the beginning of that interaction, Charlie Sheen's like, so you want to play... A thousand a point or a thousand a game, and Michael Bean just like, you know, whatever. Like he just is so cavalier. Like whatever, whichever, whatever you'd like to do, yeah. sir. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what yeah. if he said yeah. a thousand a game, and now you have to play twenty five games with this guy before he gets taken to Diamond yeah. Dude? Who like, why wouldn't oh, you just yeah. take his watch and bring it to Diamond Dude? You don't have to bring him to the guy. You know what I mean? Yes. That's a great point. There's there's a lot there's a lot troubling. The game of billiards itself, it was like watching a nice series of TikToks of good shots of pool. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're just watching some impressive, impressive ball maneuvering. God, Artoon, can you remember now the other? We've had another Nicolas Cage movie where they played pool. Oh, where do you know what it was? Uh, I want to say it is Racing with the Moon. They play yes, him, yes! him and Sean play Penn yes. try to con some sailors and they lose yes. a game of pool and then oh, they owe them thank a bunch you. of money. Oh my gosh. And then they Just start running away. That little brain itch for me. Because mm-hmm. I thought that this was a more interesting uh a more interesting scene than that one. Yeah. But, yeah. Correct. Thanks. I agree. I agree with you. It's very I like clear. I the, the balls dr- clinking around. Clink, clink, clink. I was like. Nice. Yeah, they have like great pool shots, but it's very clear that the director knows I have Charlie Sheen and like a great stunt pool shot thing. So I'm going to make this 35 minutes of the movie, whether you like it or not, or whether it has any relevancy to the film or not. It's going in there. Yes. And look, I was happy for it as a, as opposed to watching like no offense to, to Sarah Trigger playing um, playing our femme fatale here. But Gosh. the scenes with her and Joe... My God, that I was I I I could not wait for those to get out. Oh, Nicolas Cage dies in this movie. Um, he gets his face spoiler. spoiler he gets dunked. His head gets dunked into a vat of on fry oil. Which why is that fry oil on at night when no one is in the carnival that they're at? 
I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but he gets it. It also turns out, and this I appreciated. And his it's grotesque. Wig, I'm it's, like, it's I'm horrifying. like, how am I supposed to root for this main character? He is <laughs> like a a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so brutal. Yes. And the crazy it's part so is brutal. that <laughs> Nicolas Cage, he gets his face boiled. And then apparently, well, I think that might have actually been the plot. I think that was what Nicolas Cage was going to do to the uncle, right? Isn't he, didn't he bring yes, them Yes, I down? think maybe, maybe, you know what, maybe he got the fry oil going. Maybe he was like, I'm going to burn the uncle's uh, face. Yeah. but then Which Nick, also, Zach, did you yeah. know that there's a prequel to Slash this sequel? arsenal? Arsenal is a prequel with Nicolas Cage reprising his role as Eddie Murphy in 2017. I have heard about this, and when I heard about this, I was like, "What? <laughs> like, what? What? How did you do this? <laughs> like, I have to watch this movie." It's got Sean Cusack and Adrian Grenner in it. I'm, I'm, I'm so agog. I'm so agog. It, I, I'm going is, to yeah. watch it. I'm going to yeah. watch it. I have to. Yeah. Good. 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 <laughs> Good. Ay, ay, ay. There's... I so, I can't tell, like... Oh. Oh, I thought oh. I thought Arjun... Did you lose your train of thought? We were talking about his the, death and the... And the and that's oh, why, yes. That's why I'm well, like, it's so crazy. You're never going to expect that you're going to see Eddie again after this brutal murder. Mm-hmm. Correct. And there's going to be a prequel that's going to be released 20 years from this moment. Exactly. And no. I'd say once Nicolas Cage dies, I'd say the movie, oh, downhill. Tanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Down. You get the little bit of the roller coaster back up with Charlie Sheen, and then and then with, you're and really, Claw Man, you're really that's, just that's kind of it. Yeah, hundred percent. Because the, the main character of this movie is so boring, and like, uh, can I just say the last? Okay, so I, I know I'm cutting back to the end, and we discussed a little bit. So at the end of the movie, this incredibly boring man happens to survive a shootout, <laughs> even though he's standing up in the middle of the room. And then he walks out of the room. Unreal. His dad is standing or there on a Ferris wheel for some reason, holding a bag of money. Carousel. Carousel. Yes, thank you. Carousel. <laughs> yeah. And he even less dignified than a Ferris <laughs> wheel. Why are these criminals? A Ferris wheel would have been tight. <laughs> yeah. Hop on in, son. <laughs> Just do a couple loops. <laughs> but then he knocks the money out of his dad's hand and his dad's like oh geez i can't believe you did that like that's his big revenge and then he has this last yeah. voiceover <laughs> line that i wrote down because it's so stupid to me but he literally goes all i took from them was memories images really they're worth more than any con they keep me honest what the hell does that mean what are you talking about, dude? Oh I, my it, I, god! I honestly blacked that out. Oh my god! <laughs> oh it's, my god! Also, That's in so crazy. in regards to that money, if I'm not mistaken, it's two million dollars at the end. Yeah, it looks like he pays his goons two thousand dollars a piece. Like 100%. he gives them truly what looks like <laughs> he gives them what looks like one wad of cash, and he's like, "It was two million dollars," and I was like. Damn, these workers yeah, need to unionize or get some sort of benefits because yeah. that is not a fair deal for them. Yeah, they're running a lot. They have to run. Um, I, I actually wrote that note at the first con. I was like, this is a huge crew for this con. You have too many people and you're giving them one stack of cash. Even at the funeral, Peter Fonda hands him one stack of cash, the son. That's like no oh, that's more than five grand. There's yeah. no way. 
It would just like yeah. and you did that for five grand. Get a job. And the other thing is that that it's it's so many people are involved in this con. It's clearly been set up for so long, and then this guy's gonna believe like, oh, we're gonna have you fill in and run the con for at the last minute. Like, I thought you were raised in this lifestyle. You should you should smell a rat. You should be like, that doesn't make any sense. Yes. Yeah. I'm clearly the one being set up here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's. I was going to say, because, yeah, that's the uncle. And there's a line, I wrote it down, where, uh, you know, the voiceover of the main character is talking about the uncle. He's breaking in the uncle's office to figure out what the cake is. And he goes, he's a true pro of the high con, like in reference to his uncle. But he says that as he's breaking into the uncle's office, which has his legal name on the door. Doesn't sound like a great Mm -hmm. con man if I can find you because your (laughs) office has your name on it. You know what I mean? You're a con man? Yes. 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 I kept trying to layer in, are you a Lost fan? Lost the TV show? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I kept trying to layer Sawyer into this movie. (laughs) Sawyer would have been so much better. It would have been so so much better. better. I want to ask you guys, Is am I supposed to... Or is the film trying to be like ambiguous as to who Joe's real father is? Because I feel like there's a there's constant yeah, energy that, that Lou there. or or Mike or whoever the dad's name is both could be his father because there's one picture of his mom with the two of yeah. them, and mind you, they're well, identical twins. They were both twins. hooking up with her, <laughs> and they were both yeah. hooking up with her, right? So, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Sounds like. I think a better movie would have really made that uh, clear to the audience. But like you, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like as a you're watching, a better movie would be that the dad is like in on it with the son, and he sends him after he's like, "I'm going to send you after your uncle. We're going to do a heist together." And then the uncle's like, "I'm actually your dad. You should do a con with me." And then we don't know like who's con who's he did con on at who? the end, and yes. then maybe it's his own con at the end instead of it's like he's like, "I don't really care about this whole con thing," and like let's just and it's like. What's mm-hmm. going on? Zach, do you know what the budget for this movie was? No, I'm I know, I'm so I can very excited to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> the budget for this movie was $10 million. Oh, my God. And the box office was $18,000. <laughs> okay. Oh. One of those makes a lot of sense to me. And it's not the $10 million because <laughs> yes. this movie is not needed. <laughs> Eighteen thousand oh is making a lot of sense based solely on the main character. The it I can't like stress this enough. This movie is shot so flat and ugly. It is all just medium. But it's flat funny that you shots. say that because it's also all slanted. It's all <laughs> angles. It's totally flat. And then to make up for how flat it is, he's like, okay, but tilt it. hundred <laughs> percent. It's like, do you want to do two setups to like get some depth and add some stuff? Like, no, nah, just turn the camera a little bit. Just turn it. We got to keep rolling. <laughs> a little bit to the left. Sheen doesn't want to be, be here for more than an hour. <laughs> yeah. It's... I will say, I thought one thing I was really grateful for is I strongly believe in the 30 Rock uh, quote that Tracy Jordan says that comedy lives in the wide. And so when whenever there's a wide shot of Nicolas Cage like freaking out in the hotel room with Diane, he's like kicking his legs around and it's in the wide. I was like, fantastic. Spot yes. on. Thank you, Christopher. Um, but for everything else, I was like, oh, buddy boy. Oh, 
Look, it's I so embarrassing <laughs> at the family reunions. I'm video. not gonna disagree with comedies found in the wide, but there's also a shot of Nicolas Cage on the couch when he has to take his pills. Uh, That's a great shot too. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's a close up. Now this is just so you know again how little of what the plot seems to mean to this. Joe and the uncle are having a full conversation, and we are on Nicolas Cage for 45 seconds of it taking pills, rolling his eyes back in his head, and then going, roll, roll, roll. Yeah. Yeah. So he's sweating. He's dripping sweat. He takes his pills. He shakes his head back and forth like a madman. And it never comes back. It's not and like nope. he's like a pill no, guy or like no. a and there's or like he has a plot information or... being said during this. <laughs> yeah, it's so that's so funny. I forgot about it. It's so perfectly like the movie is even aware that Nicolas Cage is the best part of the movie. So when very important plots yes. happening, we're just watching him take medication and like literally turn into the mask <laughs> from the mask. Like he goes nuts. Yes. <laughs> yes. They're like, uh, they're like, what do you think of that plan, Eddie? And he's like, he does like both teeth and gives a thumbs up. Yeah. Grinning all of them. (laughs) Great. Glad we got Eddie's input on this scene. There is one con in this with someone who we haven't talked about yet. Oh, yes. That I think is Okay, wait. Before we, I think we're, I think that'll start ramping us up because like, I'm so excited. We've still got like cool stuff to talk about, but I, and I love the con you're about to say. And I just want to say real quick, word from our sponsor, one, eat at Anushella in Boston too. Marcus said about Don't Worry Darlings, the latest Olivia Wilde film released in theaters now, uh, that it's disappointingly bad, but not bad enough to be good. My least favorite kind of movie. Marcus Hunter, our sponsor, says don't go see it. Artuna and I went and saw it last night. And I had a totally pleasant... I'm. It's not a good movie, but I had a totally pleasant time. So... Had me, had me screaming at the end. What? What? That... This doesn't make sense. No. Have you seen it, Zach? I did. I and I had a very similar like I was I was all like, all right, I'm on board, I'm on board, and then we get to the end and I'm like, oh well that doesn't Why was there that a plane what? if it was all Okay, okay, we, we, won't spoil, we, won't spoil, we won't spoil we won't spoil on this podcast. We'll but we'll, we'll just say there's mixed there's mixed there's mixed takes on whether or not seeing this is a waste of your time. So uh consider that and we would. It sounds like we're all kind of saying, though, you should check out this yeah. terrible movie, Deadfall. Yeah, I mean, I'd 100%. watch Deadfall over Don't Worry, Darling. I think it's more more bang for your buck <laughs> in terms of <laughs> in terms of shock value. Bang um, for your buck, getting Talia Shire in on this movie. Arjun. Getting Talia Shire. So before we talk about Talia Shire, I want to oh, because Zach, this is about her as well. All right, Zach, mm-hmm. I've finally put together the Coppola family tree, which I think we've talked about over the last 25 episodes, but I want to break it down fully. We've got Francis Ford Coppola, FFC, Godfather, Apocalypse Now. We know him. We love him. Or we don't. He also makes one. The Godfather of the (laughs) Coppola family. His brother, Augustus or August? August. August. August August Coppola. August and his son, Nicholas and Christopher. They have a sister. That sister. No, be is, clear. Be clear. Oh, sorry. Francis excuse me. And, Francis August and August have a sister. Have a sister. That sister is Talia Shire. So this. So Nicholas and, and Talia Shire has a son. Talia, yes, and Talia Shire has a son, Jason Schwartzman. This first cousins with Nicholas. First cousin and with Nicholas. And Sophia Coppola is, is Francis's daughter. Is Francis's daughter. All right, I so would have now, done Artoon, just so you know, genealogy is usually clearest <laughs> if you do like like branch by branch, where you say, in the first generation of the Coppolas, we have August, Francis, and Talia. 
And then yes. of their offspring, we have Nicholas, Christopher, Sophia, and Jason. Jason and- Did you know this, Zach? Were you aware of this full of this full tree? I didn't know the names of the parents, but I was aware of like the cousin and then the the you know Nicholas Cage going by Cage because he didn't want to be known as a Coppola and then naming himself after the comic mm-hmm. character and all that. And Jason Schwartzman, I was aware of that, but I was not. I did mm-hmm. not know like their parents or any of that stuff. There we go. So now we now everyone's caught up it, and knows who's it who. It boggles the mind. It's one of those things that you can hear about it 70 times and every time it's like, <laughs> wow, that blows my mind. Yeah. I didn't it's, know that. It's really a dynasty in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the weirdest dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's one of those things where Nicolas Cage being a Coppola is information I've known for like 15 years. And it's kind <laughs> of like how like every four months I go – Oh, Donald Trump was president. Like, like my brain doesn't really want to get it. Like every yeah. time it happens, yeah. I'm like, oh, weird. Yep. Zach, why don't you do me the honors of describing the the bar diamond grift to us? The bar diamond grift. Okay. When they go to the bar. Yes. No, no, try no. To, please try to go- tell us. Yes. The bar diamond grift. Uh, what the? I can do it. I, yeah, do you, tell me. Christina, why don't you take? I'm yeah. like, I'm like, you just put Zach on the spot. And all right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll take Zach off the spot. Christina, go. For it. I, so, okay, this was actually my favorite grift. This was one of my favorite parts of the movie, other than like, so Talia. This is Talia Shire's like big, big sort of scene. And the thing yeah. for me that's sort of weird about this, maybe it's I'm too hypersensitive to the female form, but she's wearing an extremely low cut top. She's clearly the like sexy bartender, like 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 older woman bartender. And for me, it's just always weird of like evocative of Rumblefish when Francis is directing his nephew in an orgy scene. The idea of <laughs> directing your aunt in and she's like in her like sexy top being. So I don't know. Maybe it wasn't an issue, but I was just sort of like. A weird costuming choice for her to begin with. But to get into it, she's for as spicy as the outfit is, she is so bland. She is so flat in this scene. It is crazy. And the grift is that uh Nicolas Cage and Eddie and Diane, the strawberry blonde femme fatale, come in as a couple. He's like, This is my wife, and she's like sort of like giggling talia shire clocks that she has a beautiful diamond bracelet on she's like wow diane goes into the phone booth she comes out she's like oh my god i've lost my bracelet nicholas cage is going i bet you left it at the restaurant we gotta go hey lady if you find this bracelet give me a call and i'll pay you five hundred dollars for it she's like cool they leave and Vanilla Bland Joe comes up and goes, hey, I just found this bracelet in that phone booth. <laughs> Talia goes, oh, that's my bracelet. Give that to me. And he goes, mm, doesn't seem likely. She says, okay, I'll give you $50 for it. He's like, whoa. She's like, okay, I'll give you $100 for it. She she counter counters herself, which is a terrible <laughs> negotiating move, just by the way. Really, really not good. Then he goes, $200. She goes, okay, sold. She pays him the $200. He leaves. She goes, I just made $300 to this guy. Um, but she calls and the number doesn't work. So the grift is that 
they pretend uh, a bracelet is very valuable and then they make off with uh, $200 from their mark. Yeah, probably for like a $2 or $3 bracelet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And this was when, this was when Artoon was like, was like, this is like the best friends club, which was a reference to the best friends gang on 30 Rock. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is a great, a yes. great episode yeah. about cons and grifts. Yeah. I liked that grift a lot. That um, was a I, solid grift. I agree. I will say the only note I have about your retelling <laughs> of this grift, and this is like nitpicky, but when you did his lines, when you did Michael Bean's lines, you made them too compelling and you had too much emotion in your voice because he is a bored. <laughs> He is a bland little board who didn't say anything interesting. So that's my only note on the the retelling. Yes. And here's what I'll say. The Michael we're, we are taking a lot of shots at Michael, now, but he's not a terrible actor. He's been in like plenty of very like high grossing big popular films as good as a good actor. It's just for some reason he decided I'm going to I'm going to do nothing in here but smile and say my lines as bland as possible. I, I will say, honestly, it felt like, like not just Michael B. Cause I agree. He's not a bad actor. He's good in some stuff. It felt like the director told everyone, Hey, can you say that with less emotion? <laughs> can you say that flatter that? Cause everyone in this movie, yeah. like all, everyone, except for Nick cage, Charlie Sheen, claw man, and occasionally the uncle, everyone was just like, I am delivering lines now. It is time for my line to end. Like everything was robots. Yes. And Michael Bean said in an interview with this person, Quint, um, <laughs> that that this is probably the bottom five movies he's ever been in. And I didn't recognize <laughs> Michael from any other movies because I, I definitely was like, this guy sucks. But it does like, in, thinking about how bad Talia Shire comes across in this, it does feel like, Everyone mm-hmm. was just like flat, like either under, like seemed totally under directed, maybe because because what what uh what Michael Bean also says about it is uh that in Deadfall was Nick Cage undirected because his brother directed him, and I think he just said Nick do whatever you want. I think Nick is best probably when he's got somebody that holds him back a little bit, which is exactly what I always say is that mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage is at his best when someone is just has a fence for him. Like lets him play within it, but has has a a leash on him at least. Versus this did feel like it was cage. It felt like Christopher <laughs> was just like, I gotta get my angles right for this film. You guys do what feels best. Good luck. A hundred percent. While I, I generally, yeah, go go. Zach. Oh no, sorry. I was just gonna say that is so much of what Nicolas Cage movies are. Is like he's a brilliant actor when you tell him like, this is what to do. This is what you can do. This is what this person is. But then if you let him leave him to his own devices, sometimes intentionally or unintentionally, he, he goes nuts. And I think this is to me, the most cagey in performance. That's exactly how I feel about your acting. What Zach just said. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Brutal. (laughs) Sorry. I, so, you're so cagey in, in Ghostbusters. That's all I'm going to say. You're very cagey. Thank, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Here's, here's what I'll say. I, I'll say if the director has a competent vision, I agree with you. But I think if – and I think we'll see this a lot more in the 2010s when he's doing exclusively direct-to-video. Um, 
Like in Raising Arizona, I'm glad the Coens are able to wrangle him and like they get that performance that is so cage, but also works in the film. Whereas this, I'm like, if you wrangled him, it would have made the best part of this movie maybe worse. And I'm glad he Mm -hmm. got like in the in a movie where the where where there's no movie, I'm glad there's at least cage. (laughs) Absolutely, that's a great point. That's a great point, honestly. That's some of my other my okay. I have a couple things. One before we leave the uh, bracelet grift too far, I just wanted to say <laughs> that Diane says let's blow this joint, and it like it like <laughs> unlocked a couple layers of my brain for me, which is that I have a core memory when I'm a child of my dad sort of fun, playful arguing with someone about whether or not you say let's blow this popsicle stand or let's blow this popsicle joint. Because he would say, like, when we were leaving places, like, let's blow this popsicle stand or whatever. And I'm realizing now that he he definitely did, like, a layer of telephone of, like, he said, let's blow this joint. Realized you shouldn't say that necessarily in front of children because it's a reference to, like, blowing a joint of drugs. Like, like, <laughs> uh, like blow that and leave out. So he added in popsicle. Let's blow this popsicle <laughs> joint. And then, then that doesn't quite start to make mm. sense. So let's make it a stand. But now, you, like, your child has now grown up saying, let's blow this popsicle stand as a saying, which makes no sense. I feel like so, that is a saying. But am I wrong? Well, I, now I'm getting, I'm now I'm like, is it? I thought it was honestly. I thought let's blow this. I think it is, Steve. I think yeah. Help! This yes. is this is the final tier in my brain unlocking <laughs> on this level. Yeah. Is now now that yeah. is a phrase? I believe so. I think I feel like SpongeBob must have said it. I feel like <gasps> I've heard it in cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, feels very Cartoon Network Nickelodeon to me. That's my dad too. He's a funny guy. Yeah, he is. He's a funny nice. guy. Nice. Okay. Christina, you, we, Christina, you need to reply to that email. Oh, I do <laughs> I, need to I've reply to that to, email. I have tried now a couple times going, we should reply to this email. Yeah, and you go, now my is dad not the emailed casualquestionpod <laughs> at gmail.com. And I was like, Artum was like, let's reply to it. And I was like, I want to write a really nice reply. And now it's been weeks. Okay, like, so, sorry, Dad. I love we're you. Sorry, I love we're sorry. We're sorry, Walter. <laughs> um, um, I feel like, have, yeah. I feel like we're coming to. To a close well, wait. Okay, so then I I still have things to rattle through, so I can start rattling through, or we can keep sure, this conversation. Yeah. Let's. Somebody how about we do? We do. Zach, you can. You're, I think Zach, you're getting you a, rattle, a, a taste for my style, yeah. which is I will just keep talking, um, and <laughs> and dive in there. Yeah, Elizabeth, I have a few notes that we hadn't gotten to. Um, can I just say yes, there's yes. a part with the through, let's, let's do a, let's do a round thoughts. robin of each person rattle off your final notes and then we're gonna dive into the ratings. Sound good? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I have, Zach, take the floor. So the uncle has a birthday. At one point, they're sitting down in the uncle's house, and uh, his wife brings out oh a birthday God. cake. And I said, and I wrote down, Betty Boop brought out a child's birthday cake. There's little toy animals like plastic oh, figurines and i'm like this horses, guy's, horses horses yeah, this guy's 60 something he doesn't want that <laughs> wild decision but he loved it he was like the horses <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's young at that heart. was insane oh yeah great note great note mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I have one more if you want, but I figured Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, Artun, what did I just say? I said we rattle off our notes Mm -hmm. and then we'll go through. Don't you interrupt Zach. You leave him alone. Okay, I'm going to go through this one. There is a part where Nicolas Cage comes back after, okay, so somebody tries to kill Nicolas Cage 
And for some reason, the guy who tries <laughs> to kill Nicolas Cage is wearing a fake beard. Now you're wondering, does, who is this guy? We don't know. Nicolas Cage doesn't know him. So why'd you put on a fake beard? So Nick Cage kills the guy who tries to kill him. <laughs> he drives home to have a freak out. When he bursts into his apartment, the the, the femme lady is laying in a full like cocktail dress with heels on on the bed on her side holding a drink and i was like were you just drinking your drink alone in the apartment in a full cocktail outfit and she's like done up like i'm here to seduce someone but then nick clage has his like freak out scene which is incredible i have no notes i have no notes about anything he does <laughs> also there's a scene earlier in the movie where Nicolas cage takes a phone call and i'm just gonna i don't remember exactly what he says but i'm just gonna recreate basically essentially what he does he picks up the phone and goes hey yeah uh-huh, that's what happens. Okay, great. Well, we're going to have to deal with that. And then he hangs up. And I was like, nobody said anything to you on that call. <laughs> Unless you were physically talking over that. <laughs> he leaves no space for anyone else. Oh, it's so good. And I also oh, don't recall God. specifically what he does, but the first market scene, I wrote a thing. Oh, no, it's when he's in the office. Him taking off his sunglasses is one of the most important pieces of cinema history, but I don't remember exactly what he does other than I was just like, this is insane. I don't know what's happening here. I think it's because it also reveals his tiny red eyes. Yes. And it's yes. one of the most shocking reveals of all time. A hundred percent. You're like, yeah. Those I, were great highlights. Great highlights. Yeah. I also have one last one, which is, okay, so yeah. Nicolas Please. Cage was originally supposed to be the person in the con who visited the claw man. Is Nicolas Cage as a character someone you would send in to meet that guy in any con, in any world in the, like, Wait. any... Why would you ever send that also guy to then do imagining that? the Nicolas Cage, the Nicolas Cage versus Charlie Sheen billiards game. Oh my god. You just described a way better film. Like, one of the best movies in the world. That would have been so much better oh my if god. Charlie Sheen and Nick Cage had Maybe done that Maybe that's what our Imagine, is about. Um, Maybe that's um, why they call it a prequel-sequel, because it's actually, like, an alternate universe where because he of, gets it right. <laughs> Imagine in that fight with Joe versus Nicolas Cage if we if he just kills Joe. If he kills mm-hmm. Joe, and then and then that that's over, better. and then it's just <laughs> Nicolas Cage taking out the rest of the movie. <laughs> Oh god. Oh my gosh. Those were fantastic highlights. Okay, Thank let you. me let me rattle through. I feel like I have a couple highlights which are um that Oh. When he's in the strip club, Nicholas oh Cage has a bottle of beer <laughs> that he just he just wraps his fist around the whole neck and takes a what appears to be artoon style full mouth swig <laughs> over the lip and i just want to say it got a huge laugh from our tune it, that it really tickled me really tickled our tune it's so good um, i love that i forgot about that it's incredible so like he drinks like no human being it's has incredible. ever drank in the existence <laughs> that's that's some stuff like that i'm like is so good like the other things is when he first sees when nicholas cage first sees diane he pulls up in front of her apartment or whatever he puts the tips of his fingers all together like here's the church here's the steeple but wide apart and then he takes his his it looks like his right hand and just outstretches it to her it's so good it's how i'm gonna greet people from now on when i'm picking them up or if we're going out i'm gonna be like i'm happy to see you that was so good. Artoon, highlight. Yes. 
final yes. highlights? And based on what you guys said, I also want to say I want a cut of this movie that starts with him at the at the farmer's market in Hollywood meeting Nicolas Cage that ends with his death. That's a short film of maybe like 40 minutes, 35 minutes. And it's just that. And when he it dies, like it's it over. the Grove. Farmer's Market at the Grove. Yeah, Farmer's Market at the Grove. Sorry. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> I want to say this predated the Grove in terms yeah, of... Yeah, but it looks like it. I, I, it didn't seem quite like it, but it looks... It's so such a the similar farmer's vibe. Market, like, the Farmer's Market yeah. was there before the Grove. Great. The farmer's market was always there. And then That's why I said the farmer's market at the Oh, so you're saying saying the farmer's market at the Grove. You're saying at the Grove at the farmer's market, Christina. Is that yes, how you're yes, to yes, me? yes. That's what I'm nice. saying. I'm saying the Grove <laughs> looks like the farmer's Thank market. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um here's here's a couple of tidbits from me. So Nick Nicholas Cage's card trick where he goes, pick a card, any card. He has a full deck of jokers, which is like a big reveal oh, at some yeah. point. Um and Joe is so sh- shook by his initial card trick that he spends what must be hours memorizing a deck of cards, trying to remember every single order. And <laughs> is then, that what he was doing? Yes. And then oh he's like, gosh, then he's like, damn it, I forgot one. And this is a, this is like part of it. Like this is like a whole part of the like Nick Cage versus Joe is like who can memorize more cards when Nick Cage never memorized the cards. They're all jokers. <laughs> They're all jokers, and it's a big reveal at some point. And that's when Joe's like, "They're all jokers." This is in their big fight over the fryer. Yeah, I did not remember that. Wait, okay, so now I can layer in so much more information. Of we meet Nicholas Cage. He goes, he goes, pick a card. No, that's not very sociable. Hi, card. I tell you about me. Little card. I tell you about you. But then he pulls it, and it's the Joker. It's the Joker, which isn't a high or a low card. It's a wild card. So, which technically it's a high card. So, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Let's keep. Or no, it's a wild card. It's a wild card. Joker wild card. Yes. And then we get through this whole rigmarole. I did not realize at all that Joe was trying to learn the trick. And that's why he was memorizing cards. I thought he was just Mm -hmm. whiling away the hours. But then also when Eddie's going crazy and he meets Uncle... Uncle Blombo, I don't remember his name. Lou. Um, Lou, Uncle Lou, he's like, he's like, show me the Joker, show me the Joker. So it clearly <laughs> seems to be a, gr- a grift passed along from Lou, but it's not a grift. It's just a weird card trick that's like a pickup line that doesn't work or make sense. And then, and then the, I'm now losing my mind that Joe is trying to learn the card trick that is just carry around the set like a deck of Jokers. <laughs> And that Eddie was yelling at Lou about show me the Joker when it's just like carry around a deck of Jokers. So good. Yeah. When you but know that's that- what this movie is. It's a deck full of Jokers. <laughs> yes. Wow. When you know Steve. that now, it's so much less impressive and interesting. Also, it's so funny to me now because I didn't put any of that together until you just said it. It is so funny to me now <laughs> thinking of Nicolas Cage's character buying 52 decks at like a Target, being like, I gotta go get these cards. And then just like checking out. And then he's just sitting meticulously taking out all the so jokers. Taking the jokers out. So good. Because Artoon is a magician. And he knows from experience that that is not hard to know where a single card is. Right, Artoon? Like that's well, a basic. Or like, not hard yeah. is, is, is not polite to say. But that's like an essential trick, it seems like. Am I wrong? There is. Look. To be fair to Joe, there is a trick I have done where I needed to memorize the entire order of the deck. Um, And it's a great trick. Uh, But in general, you're more so like forcing a card onto someone as opposed to saying picking a card and then blindly knowing what it is based on the deck order. 
Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. Like, if I say I pick a card to you, I'm usually trying to do something that will make you pick a certain card. Or you pick a card and I don't know where it is, and then when you put it back into the deck, I will arrange it so that I know where okay. it is. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. There's the little ma- there's magic corner. You just so it would be re- it would be really impressive if he knew where the Joker was or was able to make him take yes. the Joker. But it instead, Im- it's just a deck of Jokers. It is incredibly is impressive to go pick a card and then and you fan and someone takes it and you know what that card is based solely on memorizing where all the cards are and knowing what number card that is in the deck. Um. Anything to say about that, Zach? Or are you? Ready oh to do no, some I was just reading? gonna say. Well, you, I have you describing that magic, like just how like basics of like real magic tricks go, is so much more compelling than <laughs> anything that guy was capable of doing. <laughs> yeah, I have one other, one other. Yeah, uh, yeah babe, tidbit, spit it out. Which is the first grift that uh, Joe sees when he gets to the farmers market is so convoluted. And it's Lou's running like what looks like a horse betting situation. And what happens is you got to go order a pretzel and be like a hot, salty one. <laughs> then you get a number in a cup that you drop off next to a man playing chess who's reading a newspaper who opens it up and tucks it away. And I go, why can't you just give it to the pretzel man? At this point, why is why does pretzel man have to take it? over to the guy playing chess to tuck it into a newspaper it's a complete unnecessary step because both of them are in on it right yeah it, mm-hmm. it feels like there's <laughs> nothing that's gonna make a con unravel like more people knowing about it yeah every one of their cons had too many people involved like when they yes. had fake cops burst in there were like 30 fake cops in the first one and i was like why did you bring that many <laughs> I guess you can fill in the loophole, though, and imagine it's sort of like an Arrested Development Job scene where he's just brought his, like, actor-dancer friends to show up. None of them know what they're actually doing there. They think they're filming, like, a scene, and they're like, yeah! But then the real bullets don't make sense. Then it's just the original con on some poor actor who ends up actually shooting this uncle or guy or, like, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. That being said... Yeah, how will we Let's rate Let's get into movie? the ratings. Let's get into the ratings. Zach, we do, we do, out of the movies, we do five stars for the movie. Mm-hmm. And then Nicolas Cage gets a um, rating out of 10 cages with five points for his technical performance, what he actually delivered, and five points for his creative, what he brought to the role. Um, do you want to mull that over? Do you want to go first? Let me mull that over because I, I have thoughts. I'll take, I'll take it away. Uh, this is a one and a half star movie for me. Um, and I think the only reason bring the, going from a half star to a one and a half star, it's exclusively cage sheen and claw man bringing it, bringing it up. I don't think I've given this for a while. This is a 10 cage movie. I'm going <sighs> to say it right here. And now you're watching this for a Nicholas cage performance. It's on par with vampires kiss. Uh, it's on par with Raising Arizona. The movie, though, this is the this is a vital difference. The movies for those I gave high ratings to. This could not be lower, but I'm giving this ten cages. I'm, I'm I, shocked. I'm offended. We'll we'll have Zach we'll have Zach this out. Um, I I'm gonna say that this was actually a two star movie for me. I I think it's colored a little bit by us talking about it, but I'm like, I actually I think the 
underscoring IP. Maybe it's because I know that there's going to be a subsequent film 20 years from now. I'm like, that's genius to Mm -hmm. have that unlock. (laughs) There is so much more you could do here. And so it's two stars for the raw potential um, of what this stinky, stinky movie could be. (laughs) And then I would say, I would say, um, I think I would say four stars, four points for creative cage, four creative Mm -hmm. cages. And I would say three stars for technical i think that the accent is all over the place some of his movements are so so good but like the wig is so bad come on yeah minus one point for the wig (laughs) and minus one point for the tech for the accent being all over the place for a total of what i say seven 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 pages for this point zach you ready yeah, I will say it's funny because wa- this is the second time I've watched this movie. The first time I would have said it's a one star movie just because it's so boring when he's not on there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, going back, I was way more interested interested the second time I watched it. I don't know why. So I will give it like three stars as far as film goes wow. because of how compelling I nice. found Nick Cage. And I incredible. I know it doesn't technically factor out with your system, but I have to give it 10 cages, uh, 10, yes, 10 stars Zach. of a cage, because it is yes. the yeah, most... You, com- said, you said up, you were saying the most... What did you say? The most cage... It's the most like cagey in performance. Yeah. Yes. It's yes. like, it is the quintessential, like... It, this is so crazy. I don't think any other... If I saw... I don't think if I saw... If I saw any other actor doing this, I'd be like... I hate this. I wish you'd stop. When I watch him do it, I'm just like, give me more. I want the whole movie to be about this guy. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Oh, so good. That's awesome. Well, now you know how we feel about the movie, and we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Question and send any emails at cageoldquestionpod at gmail.com. Sorry, Dad. Uh, if you liked what you'd heard, please subscribe to this podcast and send a five-star review our way. Zach, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Not really. I mean, if anyone wants to check out, I have a podcast we did one season of called True Deception. Uh, It's an improvised true crime podcast. Uh, We try to find out the whereabouts of a missing person that does not exist. Um, And then, yeah. And then if you, if y'all want to follow me on social media, I'm at Z-H-J-O-B-E at pretty much everything. So yeah, check me out. Awesome. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. I actually For our next. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Can I can I plug you... something? Okay. So uh, if you're in LA, come to UCB this Wednesday at eight thirty for Mod Night. Honey is performing a sketch team that I'm on. Tickets are online, and also be on the lookout on both mine and Zach's socials. We are part of an improv team together called Sweeties and Cuties. We perform maybe like once a month or so, but we'll keep you guys updated if you are looking out for that. That's huge. That's amazing. Huge. I'm so salty when you started your plug and so happy with the sweetness. For our next episode, we're watching 1993 film Guarding Tess. We hope you'll watch with us and listen in. Signing off, this is Christina. And our two Nazareth with special guest. Zach Job. And we're asking you the cage-old question. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'd like to take his his face. 
I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny.